WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Hello, everybody. This is WVUA 90.7 FM, the Capstone, and welcome to episode 62 of the Full Court Press Podcast. My name is Jamie Martinez, and I'm joined by Nick Atkinson and Caden Johnson. To stay up to date, make sure to follow us on Instagram at fcppodcast underscore UA. With that being said, let's get into it with the news. The All-Star break is done. It's over. And now basketball is finally underway. Our first bit of news today revolves around the Golden State Warriors head coach, Steve Kerr, who signed a two-year, $35 million extension, making him the highest paid coach in NBA history. Big time for Steve Kerr, one of the all-time great coaches, carry it or not. That's a lot of money. Um, for a Warriors team that's getting older, uh, will those two years pay off? Who knows? Caden, Nick, either of you, what are we thinking about this deal? Um, well, you know, <clears throat> four championships. What, he had two as a player or three? I don't know what he had. Well, he just but he, he does know how to win. And uh, regardless of how long this core has together, he's still a young coach. Well, yeah. he's not like younger. younger coach. What is he, like 55, yeah. 60? Like, so, I mean, you know, he's still – what more than capable to be a coach over the next like five or six years so i think it's good for the team yeah or longer i'd like to see him somewhere else like before his career uh comes to an end but i think that was a great deal for the warriors i don't know if he should have got paid that much but i mean i i think the warriors are in a better spot than some people believe right now uh, i think if they keep playing their young guys and develop them developing them a little more I really think that Kuminga, Pod, and even Moses Moody are like at least a good young basis uh, to build the franchise around whenever Curry and Clay and Dre are gone. That's weird to think about, like them yeah. three being like the, the big weird. three in like five years. Like yeah. think about that. Like that might not be in the league. Steph probably will. Curry, Curry's Curry got could a few years yeah. to being. Great. Or you good. can play another like, 10 really years. Good. Yeah. You can play another 10 years. But yeah. Draymond's coming to an end. We already know he's going to be a TV personality. Yeah. Uh, Clay, he, he might retire the next three. Yeah, because Clay. Yeah, I mean, Clay's probably got he's two not years. too good anymore. Yeah. yeah, that that Achilles injury really got Clay. He stepped it up over the last like week. Because yeah. of what he's been like, on the bench. All, yeah. Once he got moved yeah. to the bench, he had 35 on, on his first night off the bench. So, uh, you know, Steve Kerr locking up that big time $35 million deal. Let's see how that pans out for Golden State. Our next bit of news. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his first name, even though he's been in the league for years now. Alexej, is that how you pronounce his first name? Uh, we all call him Alexi. Poku. Alexi? Yeah. I don't know. Alexi Pokushevsky of the Oklahoma City Thunder has been released. Uh, a guy who was pretty highly touted coming out of the draft. Everybody kind of thought he was going to be really good. He was what we kind of thought Victor Webanyama would be. We all thought Poku was going to going to be that guy. He finally gets cut. Kind of underwhelming. Tenure on the Thunder for Poku. Any any thoughts on that? He had some cool, like, no-look passes <laughs> Yeah, back in the day, like a couple years ago. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't done anything in probably, like, 160 yeah, games. But um, I actually just saw a report that the, the Hornets are, like, heavily pursuing him, so I expect him to be picked up okay. pretty soon. Yeah, the Hornets have been all in on these young talents as of late, so, I mean, it's looking good. Next up, Patrick Williams is the Chicago Bulls is out. For the rest of the season with a left foot injury, he has already been out since January, and now the Bulls' small forward is done for the year. Patrick Williams has been dealing with injuries all throughout his career. It's really been plaguing him since he was drafted just a few years ago. Is it time to call him a bust now? Is it too early? I hate, I hate using the term bust. strong word. 
um, when it refers to someone that's like plagued with injuries. But yeah, you can say that it's it was a bad pick, I guess. I mean, talent wise, he's still even when he is healthy. I don't really know if he's top four. four pick. Yeah. So no. in that, in terms of that, like he he really could be considered a bust. But he's not like bad. He's not like no. Anthony yeah. But Bennett. exactly, yeah. like he's a starting yeah. caliber player. Great defender. Yeah. yeah. There you go. But offensively, his game just didn't translate. He was he was kind of a gamble of a pick anyways, mm-hmm. like in the first place. Um, when he was at Florida State, I know that he didn't really have much going on the offensive end. Like, he was kind of the same way that he was is in Chicago. Like, they drafted him for a defensive purpose and with the intention of trying to develop him into an offensive player, and it just didn't pan out. Yeah, exactly. Rough news for the Chicago Bulls and Patrick Williams. A young player whose career has not panned out the way we all thought it would. So, uh, best of luck to Patrick Williams and that whole Bulls team because injuries have been hurting them for the last three or so years now. Shout out Lonzo Ball. Now, let's talk about some bigger injury news with the next two. Nick, or no, sorry, Caden. We'll start with Caden uh, with some news about Trey Young. Yeah, all right. According to Shams, Atlanta Hawks say all-star Trey Young will undergo surgery, which he has um, recently. I think he went underwent it today. Uh, anyways, it was to repair a ligament tear in his left hand. Uh, reports say that he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. So that's a huge loss for the Hawks, a team that's like – battling to stay in the play-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without Trey Young, I'm not <clears throat> sure how they're going to be the rest of the season. I mean, they're three games ahead of the Nets and the Raptors right now. They'll be fine, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Raptors are on a little bit of a winning streak. They've won three they in a row. They pizza party tonight. Yeah. Do they really? <laughs> they do, yeah. They do? That's yeah. awesome. That's Scotty Barnes. That Scott was definitely Scotty Barnes' <laughs> idea. That, that's <laughs> had to have been his idea. <laughs> oh, that's a, what, what kind of pizza do you think the Toronto the Raptors get? No, yeah. no, I'm saying like, like where, where do they get their? You think Domino's, it'll be like locally? Chuck Domino's, Cheese, Domino's, or something like that. Yeah, like Domino's. You think they'll get the hungry little, Howies, like, like little slivers of little yeah. Caesar's? Yeah, <laughs> really, like really, really thin slices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna have balloons and everything. Yes, <laughs> pizza, pizza party for the Raptors and Trey Young missing four weeks. That's not it though. One more injury update from our our Clippers expert here, Nick Atkinson. Or at least our Russell Westbrook expert. What are, what's the news on Paul George? Um, so the game that we went to versus Memphis this uh, past weekend, Paul George suffered some sort of knee injury. It's not like a reported injury, just because he's been having the an issue with his knee for like the past two months, and it's why he's been playing like like horrible, like really bad, like worse than any player on any, either three of our teams. But I think it's good for the team. I've been saying that he needs to sit out, so he's sitting out tomorrow versus the Lakers. He did not play against the Kings, and. We have, like, a bunch of off days in between all that, so I think he'll be back, and then he'll be a lot better. And uh, Mason Plumlee, he also got hurt in the game uh, in the game against Memphis. Norman Powell, he did not play. We have a lot of injuries right now, so not looking too too great. I was going to ask, um, just as someone that watches the Clippers a lot, how, how do you think this will affect their seeding? Like, I know they're sitting at the four. We're four right games now. ahead, of, or three and a half games ahead of uh, everybody else. So, I mean, you know, when you have the top ten player in the NBA, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. So, uh, just, but I think it's good as far as a positive thing to build chemistry between Westbrook, Harden, and Kawhi. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it could be a positive thing too, especially like you were saying. It's not like he was playing good. No, exactly. I mean, he he, it's Paul George. Like he's gonna bring positives to the table. Yeah. Uh, but them being able to like utilize Norm Powell and, and PJ Tucker now. PJ Tucker, Tucker. I was gonna ask your opinion. Like on guys him. that have actually like had a kind of hot hand, like uh, Norm and then Terrence Mann has been playing good. Great recently. Yep. So I I think they'll be fine too. Who's who's right behind them at the five? Is it, it Phoenix? Was, yeah, 
I was gonna say it was Sacramento. Really they lost. So I feel like worst case scenario, by the time Paul George comes back, maybe the Clippers are down to like the five seed. Uh, he's so not gonna be gone that long. I don't think. You don't think him? They have a lot of talent to make yeah. up for it too. Yeah, well, yeah well, he'll true. be out for like this whole week, and we only have one game this week. Yeah. Uh, and then we have because well, we we uh, played yesterday. We don't play today. We don't. Uh, then we do play tomorrow. Then we're off for two ga- two games. So I mean, he has a bunch of off days. He's yeah. he's out yesterday. Yeah, this is like day a before. good time yeah. of the season for him to miss. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like he Paul George is not the biggest loss to the Clippers. Obviously, he's a star yeah. player, but like if he's quiet. Be yeah, it'd be a lot yeah, worse. So Paul George is in a slump yeah. anyway. So you're gonna get the ball to your Terrence Manns and your PJ Tucker's more. Uh, Amir Coffey, those guys are gonna see more opportunities. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about him. Uh, yeah. Kawhi Leonard's gonna see more shot uh, shots. Harden, so. he needs yeah, Harden. Who's, who's starting in place? Uh, Coffey, Norm, Norm is. Yeah. So it's oh. been Westbrook. It's been Westbrook, Amir Coffey, uh, Tice, and PJ Tucker and Mason Plumlee. Mm-hmm. Even though Plumlee's hurt, but yeah. Yeah, so I think the Clippers are still in the running for that one seed, just because it's so close in that. I don't, in those I don't top know how you can get it without Paul George. We're gonna have to win. So we have a total of uh, twenty six games left, or 20, 27? Yeah, yeah, twenty six games left. Something so like that. I was thinking, like, if we go fifteen and eleven, like the, the the Suns can't win like fifteen more games. They can't. We I was thinking we could finish fifty and thirty two. Um, which I'd be I'd be really good with that. Great record. And uh, I was like, Phoenix doesn't really have a chance to be fifteen thirty two. They'd have to be perfect from this point on because they already have twenty four losses. We only have nineteen. So yeah, yeah, whole lot of basketball left to be played. So uh, we'll see how everything goes with the Clippers and everybody else in the association. Let's kind of dive into more of our main segments. Not the most main, but one of our our first ones. Our favorite moments so far since the all-star break so all-star break was a little over a week ago many games have been played since then we're gonna go around the table and name our favorite moment so far in these last little batch of games so let's start with nick what's been your favorite moment so far it's not like a particular moment but just how good uh Jokic has been he had 32 16 and 16 the other night and then he had uh he had something crazy the other night before that he had like 35, 15, and 12. So, I mean, I think he's just kind of separating the MVP race at this point. Um, it's it's like he was already 60 points ahead of everybody else. So, then now, and now he's like 100. So, Well, um, I'll, I'll go next. First off, shout out, we did get to go to an NBA game. That was pretty awesome. That was sweet. Um, with the, the ex-host, Alex Chasen. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest, rest in peace. He came he came out of retirement to go to an NBA game with us. We went to the Clippers and Grizzlies on Friday. Great game. Kawhi put on a show for us. Yeah, he, he did. did. He did. A couple, couple posters mm-hmm. on Triple J and then a step back buzzard in the third. Yeah, so did Vince Williams. Yeah. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> um, but as for a specific moment, I'll take the first day back from All-Star break. Uh, Paulo Bancaro hit a game-winning and one midi against the Pistons. Uh, Pistons have had some rough losses already since coming back from the All-Star break, and that was one of them. Uh, Paul didn't have a great game in that game. He was he had like 15. He shot like 5 for 17. But as a Magic fan, it's it's reassuring to know even when your stars have like a bad game, he can still close it out. Um, so good things in the future for the Magic with Paulo. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my favorite moment uh, since the All-Star break is the Sacramento Kings win over the Los Angeles Clippers just a couple days ago on Sunday. Uh, I mean, the Kings have been so inconsistent all season and getting a great team win against one of the best teams in the NBA and the Clippers. Yeah, 
be it without Paul George, but still a 123 to 107 victory. That's still a big gap. And everybody on the Kings finally played well together. Harrison Barnes had 22. Savonis had a 17 points with 12 assists and 15 rebounds. He's number one in the league in triple doubles. Fox had 33. Herter got it going with 15. Uh, great defense, played the entire time. The Kings' best win all season. Couldn't have come at a bigger time. Uh, we did just lose to the Heat, who were without Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. So that's just the Kings' way. That's how the cookie crumbles in Sacramento. So uh, light the beam sometimes. So now let's move on to our hot takes. Each of us have got some hot takes here for this NBA season. Let's get them real spicy, y'all. What we got? Me? Yeah, start okay. with you. <clears throat> So my first hot take, it shouldn't really be like a hot take, but I feel like, you know, to some like, just to some people, uh, I think the Oklahoma City Thunder will be a first round exit. Mm, I like that. I like that too. I think that Four it's, is pretty similar to that. They're, it's their first year in the playoffs. They're, they have nobody else averaging 20 points per game besides the biggest free throw merchant in the NBA, um, Shea. Alexander, whatever. I'm not saying his name. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get. I don't want to. But anyway, um, yeah, like like I said, there. We've never seen a young team do that. Even when OKC had three top forty players of all time ten years ago, they they uh, got eliminated in the first round. So I mean, if if the Warriors play them, if the Lakers play them, if the Suns play them, they're not gonna. It won't be like a good series at all. They'll probably get, really. They get swept by by Phoenix. They they lose in six to to Golden State, and they lose in probably five to the Lakers. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a little higher on them than that, but I I do agree. Um, that I I think they'll be a first round exit. I think they beat some of those teams that you Who? mentioned. Though they won't beat the Warriors. They do or the Suns. They could beat the Lakers. They, I think they might beat the Warriors. It depends on which Golden State shows up, but. Dude, but Steph I mean, in the playoffs. They're though, defensively, their their perimeter defense is good enough to at least keep Steph to where he'll have one or two games of that series where he'll shoot like two for ten yeah. from three. Um, so I, I think, I mean, but the thing about the West is though, like it feels like any team could be any team in the series. Mm-hmm. Like, like no offense, but like the Clippers could get beat in the first round by Phoenix. Yeah, yeah we play them exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean, really, I, I honestly, I think every single team. In the the West could be a first round exit except for Denver. Yep, I agree. That Probably. that's and that's another thing. You do not want to let Denver get the first seed because if they have home court advantage every it's single over. series, yeah, they're it's going over. back to the finals. Yeah, they're the best home team yeah. in the Western Conference. They're twenty two and one. Uh, they are. Or y'all are twenty two and one, not them. The Nuggets are twenty two and five. Yeah, we're not twenty two and one though. Y'all twenty two and one against uh, below five hundred teams. Oh so, yeah. yeah, yeah, but. But yeah, the the Nuggets are great, and they're starting to kind of get that like rhythm back. Like you were saying, like Jokic is like, it's kind of stepping back in, um, playing like I, the best center. I watched the game they had this weekend against the Warriors, and it was kind of like the Warriors were favored to win that game, and because it was in Golden State, and then primetime Jamal Murray and Jokic showed up, kind of reminded everyone why you know they're kind of the team to beat in the West still. Um, he had like 35, 15, 15, or something crazy like that. So, uh, but I'll start off. One of my, my first hot takes here is not, again, not like a super hot take to get things started, but I do think that the Miami Heat, I hate saying this as a Celtics fan, but I do think that the Miami Heat will finish as a top four, maybe even top three seed Ooh, in the East. Really? Yeah. They, I just think they'll, uh, be really good in the playoffs. They're six know. right now. I, they're eight oh, they're two, six. They're oh, eight okay. and two in their last ten. I didn't know they were six. They're they're number six right now, 
and ahead of them is Philly and Milwaukee. New York. Oh, and then really? Milwaukee, Milwaukee not four? Milwaukee's tied for two with Cleveland. Uh, wow, the Sixers uh, and the Knicks are both losing records in their last ten. That's what I'm saying. So, so Knicks right now, without Randall, they've been struggling a little bit more. And then obviously the Sixers, we called it, where they're going to progress heavily without Embiid, and it'll continue. It'll be like a slow decline. Um, and I, I just think that the Heat are better teams, especially than the Knicks right now without Randall. Um, which, by the way, this is if what I'm predicting happens – uh, we'll probably see a four seed heat against a five seed New York in the playoffs, which is awesome. Great that's, series. That's a great series. I want the Heat to oh win the finals. No, I want the Heat to be six seed and Milwaukee to be the three seed, and then the Milwaukee get uh, ran through in five. They would. They, they would. would. Yeah, probably. they would. They would yeah. get beat. They would get beaten six, yeah. I think, or five even. Yeah, yeah like you were saying. Um, but, but yeah, I just think with the way that the Heat are playing right now, they could. They could. Uh, snag the three seed from either either of Cleveland or uh, Milwaukee if things go their way. Yeah, Cleveland's but, really bad. But I think I, I feel confident in saying that they'll finish as the four seed. So really? that's, that's my first answer. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they've won their last four. They beat Sacramento last night without the their top 10. two guys. Yeah. Uh, their bench guys just play so well without the stars. Especially this time of year. Yeah, Caleb Martin was going crazy last night. Haywood Highsmith had like 10 points in the first half. He doesn't miss. No. It was... You know, we were talking about people like we've never seen miss shots. You were saying like Derek White. That's I've never seen Derek White miss a three. Haywood Highsmith. I've never seen him miss yeah. a quarter three. It's like how Sean Livingston never missed the mid-range. Yeah. Uh, getting into my hot take. I think the Dallas Mavericks make it to the Western Conference Finals and have a real shot at making it to the NBA Finals uh, out of the Western Conference. The Dallas Mavericks have been one of the hottest teams in basketball so far. Right now they sit at the 8th seed, which just hearing that, you're like, oh, whatever, they're mid. It's a one-game difference between the 8 and the 5. The Mavericks, Kings, Pelicans, and Suns are all separated by one game. And the Mavericks, out of those teams, have the best record out of their last 10. They're 7-3. and three. They did just lose a game. But ever since acquiring Daniel Gafford and P.J. Washington, they have looked unstoppable. Luka Doncic has been debatably the best player in basketball, uh, averaging almost a 35-point triple-double, which is unheard of. Kyrie Irving has been playing amazing basketball, and the role players are finally stepping up. Tim Hardaway looks like a six-man-of-the-year candidate. It's all coming together in Dallas at the right time. So I think post-All-Star break, the Mavericks are going to be one of the most dangerous teams in the NBA, and I think they have a real shot at making the Western Conference or NBA Finals because, I mean, like we were saying, anybody can lose in the first round because the Timberwolves, inexperienced, Thunder, inexperienced. Uh, Really the only teams with a bunch of experience are going to be the Suns, Clippers, and Nuggets. Um, especially the Nuggets. Uh, but the Mavericks, to me, look great. And we all know what Dal- or Luka Doncic is capable of in the playoffs. He has some of the greatest playoff None stats Kyrie now, too. ever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's not that crazy to say that the Mavericks are going to be a no, sleeper team. No, it's not team. crazy at all, no. Really? Yeah, that they can make the NBA Finals. Uh, and I, I would love to see them make the Finals. I think that would be a very, very fun. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but I think they'd be a very, very fun team to watch. So shout out to the Dallas Mavericks. I think they can really make the NBA Finals. And now, let's get into our award predictions, our main, main thing of this episode. So what? are we doing like a top three type of thing? We can do deal? a top three, top two type of thing. I have uh, top two down. but We can do three if you can think of anybody. Yeah. yeah. that's All right, just, just so we can uh, you know, keep it going. What award do we want to start with? Uh, we'll do MVP last. Yeah. So, okay, so let's you do start, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, sixth right. man of the year. Let's do rookie. Okay. All right, so for me, I'll just go down three, two, one. Right. Three, Brandon Miller. 
Uh, I think he is, in any other draft class, um, the best rookie of the class, but he just kind of got unlucky with Wembenyama. Yeah. And I think, I think you know, if you put him in a supporting cast like OKC has, I mean, he might be considered better than Chet. Chet just, you know, he's kind of just a rim protector. But at the same time, Chet's uh, defensive numbers against centers does not look good at all. He uh, he gets scored on majority of the time that he's guarding them, especially down low. He's a really good perimeter defender. He's really good at guarding point guards and wing players, but I just don't – he's not like a great – how Wembenyama can guard, you know, one through five, check and guard the four through one. So, um, but that leads me to Chet being two and uh, Wembenyama being one. Yeah, that's fair. I um, I I didn't think as far as top three, but, yeah, I would definitely have Brandon Miller at the three spot. Um, my runner-up, I have Chet. Um, he's averaging 17, 3, and 8 with uh, two and a half blocks. He actually just became the first, was it first rookie to ever hit 100 threes and have 100 blocks in a season. Um, so that's pretty cool. Women Yama will probably do that by the end of the year. Um, and that's who I have at number one. He's averaging 20, 23 and 10 uh, with a steal and a half and three blocks per game. Um, not to mention he's doing all that in like 27, 28 minutes per game, I think. Uh, he's absolutely amazing. Like he's one of the best rookies we've ever seen. I feel like it, it has to be him this year. I know that Chet does have that a little bit of a bandwagon of a fan base behind him. Um, yeah, but I just can't. I can't possibly see how you could think that Chet's like a better player than Wembenyama. I will say. I mean, obviously, a little bit of credit to Chet for putting up good numbers on a great team. But I mean, what Wembenyama is doing right now is insane like he you have a he has also has a legitimate case for defense player of the year he does he should be the defensive player of the year but he won't it's a hot take for sure but yeah i mean i think he could he could definitely win it i mean he's a rookie though that's what'll stop him yeah that's i agree i think that's what'll stop him doing but i think it's crazy that being a rookie can stop you from being an award winner like that so averaging 38 as a rookie should be able to and being the second seed you can be the mvp of the league yes but it would probably take something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. 38, exactly. 10, and 8. Or something. I mean, I think that's yeah. exactly well, what I mean, Victor Wembanyama was doing. Luca's putting that on now, and they, they don't even have him in the last yeah. half. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's like 8 yeah. every week. Yeah. That's so crazy. I mean, he's, he's like literally having one of the best offensive seasons just in the history of the sport. But Yeah, my rookie of the year, uh, top three, looks the exact same as Nick's. I have Brandon Miller. At, uh, at three, he's been phenomenal for the Hornets, especially in his second half of the season so far. Started a little slow, but, I mean, in these last, what, 20 games, he's looked like the best player on the Hornets. Yeah, uh, him and Bridges. Yeah, him and sure. Bridges, and that's on a team with guys like LaMelo Ball. I've seen people on TikTok saying that he's the guy they should build yep. around. Uh, and I don't think it's that crazy to say, because Brandon Miller looks like the next Paul George. Uh, he looks incredible. Two, Chet Holmgren. Uh, Mickey Mouse rookie because he was drafted last year. But the rule is a rule. Uh, Chet Holmgren, he has been phenomenal all season. Like Caden said, he does have a bit of a uh, bandwagon following, but that doesn't stop him from being incredible and one of the best teams in basketball and uh, being a deploy candidate as well, even though he's a rookie. But number one, far and away, is Victor Wembanyama. He's having possibly the greatest rookie season of all time, averaging about 21 points, 10-plus boards, 5-plus assists, four-plus blocks, and two-plus steals. I mean, that is just unheard of out of a rookie. And he's only playing like 28 minutes a game. So he's not even being used to his full potential. So Victor Romanyama, to me, has all the makings to be the next great 
of the NBA and the rookie of the year is how he's going to start out his career. So now what do you guys want to do? Six, six man? Six Let's man. do six right. man. <clears throat> so, yeah. For six man, um, somebody's uh, left off here for me, and I will just say why. Uh, I found out that you have to be the leader off the bench in minutes to be the six man. Interesting. So, really? with that being said, Russell Westbrook cannot be the six man of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Are you sure? This is a travesty. Yep. Where did um, you see that at? Because I on see, Instagram. I still see lists that say that have both Norm and Russ. Well, that's like, like on Vegas odds, they still have both of them. Yeah. Well, like for whatever reason, though, it's like uh, I was looking at one of the latter things. It was like yeah. Russell Westbrook should be up at this high if he was on any other team, but Norman Powell is averaging 30 minutes a game. So you know, it like kind of rules Westbrook out from being the clear cut one guy. Like you know, any other year probably would if he was on you know any other team. Yeah. yeah probably. But with that being said, um, I still have Westbrook at three. Number okay. two, I have Tim Hardaway, and then one, I have Norman Powell. And uh, Westbrook, it's obvious, you know, 12, 6, and 6, 12, 5, and 5, whatever it is. He's having a great season. Um, I won't spend too much time on that. Um, Tim Hardaway, he's just the best scorer off the bench in the league. Like, yeah, yeah it's just him. Uh, he doesn't play much defense, though. That's that's one bad thing about him. And then Norman Powell, he um, – I mean, he's averaging like 15, and every time that he comes onto the court, it's just you can count on him scoring. He's kind of like a an old-time like six-man. Like, what you yeah. think of a six-man is going to come off the bench and just score, put up a bunch of points. So Yeah. All right, I have a little bit different of a list. I only have a runner-up and a award winner. Mr. Jamie Martinez, my runner-up is Malik Muck. Hurts my um, feelings. I think he is the second-best playmaker. Oh, I forgot about Malik I Muck. Think he's he's the, number two on mine he's, instead of Tim Hardaway. He's the second-best playmaker off the bench in the NBA other than Russell Westbrook. Um, he's averaging five assists and 15 points. Um, I think he's exactly what like Nick was saying. He's He can come off the bench and give you a bucket, but he can also facilitate. Um, if he cut down the turnovers a little bit, I yeah. think he would go up to one. I think he's averaging like two or three turnovers. And it feels like when you watch him, he turns the ball over or gets a bucket. or ma- He's either making it's a great play other, or yeah. he's just doing something that like, looks With Malik Monk, he's either going to post or somebody, hit a deep three, or do the stu- just yeah, dumbest turnover you've ever seen. Yeah. So. Um, but he he does provide great work for the Kings off the bench. Um, he gets people open. Makes plays. Um, and at number one, I have Tim Hardaway Jr. I, I have Tim Hardaway Jr. as the sixth man of the year right now. He's averaging 17 off the bench, which is pretty crazy. I don't know. No, the last time someone averaged that much off the bench. It's a lot. Since probably, like, it was probably, like, Lou Will to mm-hmm. do that last year. Um, and then he can also – the thing about Tim Hardaway, too, is he can give you, like, 35. He's, like – I'll say Monk can, too, but Hardaway can give you 30-plus on any given night. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I can confidently say, like, he's the only one that can do that um, in this running. Like, Norman Powell is a consistent great scorer, but I've never – Norman Powell is never going to be like the leading scorer. Maybe once or twice a year, but Hardaway probably has five, like a couple 10 of times games, this year already. Yeah. yeah, where he's been the leading scorer for, sure, for the Mavs yeah. off the bench, um, and he's the streakiest scorer for sure. Um, plays pretty solid defense on the perimeter too. Mm-hmm. So I, I like Tim Hardaway right now. Yeah, uh, my number three. I'm going to go Norman Powell. Uh, I did originally have Russell Westbrook, but I didn't know that rule. So I am going to go Norman Powell because he has been putting in some great minutes for the Clippers, uh, whether it be as a shooter or a defender. Uh, he does make Nick mad sometimes, but it's okay because it all works out in the end. Two, I'm biased, uh, and I'm going to outright say it. I'm going to have Tim Hardaway Jr. at two. Tim Hardaway, yes, averaging 17 points a game, can give you 30 at any given night, 
Um, but the reason I have Malik Monk at one is because of the exact same reason. He's averaging 15 and five, and just three games ago he had 45 points off the bench. Uh, he's had 50 off the bench before in that game last year against the Clippers. Uh, so Malik Monk to me, uh, yeah, their turnovers do need to go down a little bit, but when you're the main facilitator and the guy who can score the most points on any given night for the Kings coming off the bench, I just got to give it to him. Uh, Hardaway has been incredible, no doubt. I think he can be that sixth man of the year. But uh, Malik was so close last year, I think it's got to be him this year, especially if the Kings have a pretty decent second half of the season. Uh, same with Malik. So uh, he's been efficient, he scores a lot, and he playmakes uh, better than a lot of guys that come off the bench in the league. So I'm going to go Malik Monk. So now, most improved player. Let's get it going. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think um, – I feel like Tyrese Maxey should have kind of been – I feel like that should have been him last year instead of, you know, free throw merchant. Yeah. Shea. I'm looking at the betting odds, and he's number one for a lot of sites. But, yeah, I'll put Maxey at two. And then um, – and that's just, you know, basically just because of the points going up. Now he was an all-star, uh, mm-hmm. so everything like that. But um, it was kind of between – Maxi and um, Scotty Barnes. I know that Scotty Barnes kind of has just been on the same sort of what's it called, but he was an all-star, which, you know, he probably shouldn't have been. But regardless, uh, he was able to turn into, you know, everybody was like, oh, he hit a sophomore slump, you know, he's not good, all that. But I do think that all in all it should be him just because of how he was able to kind of transform his game into being a, a third option and now being the first option. And they've been a lot better since Pascal has left. So, All right. Um, for my top three, um, I actually don't have Scotty in my top three. Um, at number three, I have Alperin Singen. Um, oh, I think really he's kind of valid, yeah. like solidified himself as someone that can be a number one on a team where there's a, a great supporting cast around him uh, or a good supporting cast around him. And I mean, he's only what second or third year, so he's gonna yeah, get better. He's like twenty one. Um, he's yeah, he's young. He he kind of is just similar to like a. a younger Jokic that is maybe a little bit quicker um, and not as great defensively, but uh, Singen looks good this year. My runner-up, this I'm curious to see what y'all think about this, uh, Jalen Johnson. I have Jalen Johnson as a runner-up, but just because of, strictly because of the jump, obviously Singen's a better player than Jalen Johnson, but Jalen Johnson is a second-year player that went from last year being a two-way, who mostly played in the G, um, was a second-round pick, all the way to this year, he's averaging 16, 3, and 9. Yeah, he's I don't know really if you good. That. But he's also kind of been that guy that the Hawks have been looking for for years. Um, you know, the Hawks tried it with Sadiq Bey. They tried it with DeAndre Hunter even earlier than that. Um, they've even tried it with Bogey a little bit, but he's just not defensively what they need for that wing void that they've been missing. Um, Jalen Johnson has kind of stepped up and been that. Um, and permitting, or if it wasn't for injuries to Trey, and DeJounte throughout the year, then the Hawks would probably be better than what their record indicates. Um, Clint Capella has been hurt, too, uh, for a lot of the year. But, yeah, Jalen Johnson's been great. Um, offensively and defensively, he's kind of that two-way wing, like I was saying, that they've been looking for. And then at number one, I have Tyrese Maxey. Um, he's been playing like a true one. He's kind of kept the Sixers alive a little bit more than I thought they would um, without Embiid. He's averaging 26. Um, he's one of the best scorers in the NBA. Yeah, uh, I have a very similar list to Caden. At three, I also have Alperin Sangoon. He's taken a jump in every statistical category from last year to this year. He started every game. 
uh, all 56 he's played in. Last year he was averaging 14.8. This year he's up to 21. So that's nearly a seven-point jump. Um, his field goal percentage is much better. His efficiency looks much better. He's uh, not the greatest three-point shooter, but, I mean, he doesn't really need to be. Uh, but he's been phenomenal all season. He's one of the best playmakers with the big man position in basketball. And he's a very solid defender. Uh, doesn't really get a lot of blocks, but he's averaging over a steal a game, uh, 0.7 blocks on the season right now for a pretty atrocious Houston Rockets team. But the future's bright for the Rockets, and Alfred Sangoon is one of the main reasons for that. Two is where I have Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Maxey has been great all year. He was a all-star for the first time of his career. Uh, he's also taken a huge jump in every statistical category uh, when you're looking at it. Uh, last year, averaged 20 points a game. This year, he's up to 26. Um, he was almost an all-star last year, but uh, injuries kind of derailed that. He's been great this season. Uh, what's he shooting? He's shooting 37 uh, from three, 44.8 from the, yeah, yeah, 44.8 from the field. So um, not the best efficiency, but it's been very solid for how many shots he takes and how many more shots he's going to take this season with Joel Embiid out. So those numbers are only going to go up for Maxi. But number one, I don't remember if either of y'all said him, but uh, I have Kobe White from the Chicago Bulls. Kobe White has taken one of the best jumps I've seen all season, and I did not expect it. Last year, averaged 9.7 points per game. This year, he's up to 19.5. That's a 10-point jump for Kobe White, who's been in the league for about, this is his fifth year. Um, and to see him take almost an all-star level jump has been so cool to see. Uh, he's up to 5.2 assists. Uh, 4.7 rebounds, shooting 40% from three, and at an extremely high volume. Kobe White has been great. Uh, one of the only bright spots for a very mediocre Chicago Bulls season. So uh, I'm going to give it to Kobe White, who was a real all-star candidate going up to it, and he's been great all season, almost at 20 points a game. So one of the best three-point shooters in the league. I'm going to give it to Kobe. So now, what are we thinking next? We got, I don't know if y'all have coaches of the year. Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah. Yeah, we get a coach of the year, then. Let's run it. Let's okay. Do. Coach of the year, I have three. I have um, <clears throat> I have Chris Finch at three. That's the Minnesota Timberwolves coach. Uh, they were the eight seed last year. They're the one seed this year. So, obviously, he deserves to be there. Number two, I have Mike Malone. He's kind of just like, you know, the new age Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich. Mm -hmm. The Nuggets are amazing. He's going to be, you know, in that top three every year. And then one, I have Joe Mazzulla, uh, best team in the league. I mean, obviously, the best the coach has to be the coach of the year for the best team in the league. That's just how that works, in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a good take. I have Joe Joe Maz at three. Um, yeah, Missoula. I'm not super crazy about him. I think Emil Doko is a better coach, but obviously they had that whole issue with him. Um, but as for Missoula, he's a great players coach, which is what you need with a super team. And I think other teams are going to follow that recipe soon to come. Um, but he can also lay down the law. Like he's he's not. He's not going to sit back and let them do whatever they want, um, and I think that's a big part of the Celtics' success um, this season. And, you know, super teams aren't easy to coach uh, by any means, and the gap that the Celtics will have um, if if things stay the same between them and every other team's record in the league is going to be big enough that Missoula has to at least be a finalist for the award, I think. So that's why I have him at three. Um, at number two, I have Chris Finch. Uh, Nick talked about him for a little bit, so I won't go into him too much. Um, he coached the Wolves to their best 50-game start in franchise history. I think they started 35-15. and 15. Uh, They're already at 40 wins now. 
Um, they'll be pretty close to 50 by the end of the year. Um, so yeah, hats off to him. I or I think they'll hit 50 and probably get like 55 maybe. What are we thinking? Right, 55. Yeah, because I think the Clippers will finish 50 and 32. Yeah. So. Um, hats off to the Wolves. They'll either be the one or the two seed going into the playoffs for sure. Um, and then at number one, I have J.B. Bickerstaff uh, from the Cavs. Yeah. Um, the, they, they've been without Garland for a lot of the year. They've been without – they were without Mobley for like half the season. Um, and they are still the two seed in the East, only trailing Boston. They're a higher – they're higher than the Bucks, which is absolutely yeah, insane. If you would have told anybody that um, – I mean, they would have just told you you were tripping. But they had a 15 and one stretch in the before the All Star break where they didn't have Mobley or Garland. Um, I think a lot of that can be credited to how good Donovan Mitchell has been this year. But for the most part, I, I got to give JB Bickerstaff some love. He's he's been fantastic, and I think he should be the coach of the year. Before you say one thing, um, the Cavs are 12 and 17 against uh, below 500 teams. Teams. That's the only reason why I didn't put him on there because I like I looked at that too. I was just like, oh, you know, they're like way better than they should be. Yeah, but like they when they play like good teams, they're twelve and seventeen. You mean above five hundred teams? Though? Yeah, when they play, yeah, above five hundred yeah. teams, they're twelve and seventeen. Yeah, that'd be kind of sad if they were that good and weren't beating below average teams. Well, yeah, uh, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, can't sure. beat good teams. Yeah, like, I don't have yeah. them on my top three either. Yeah, well, uh, no, it's not like an invalid opinion. No, no, not, not at, at all. all. Yeah, no, I definitely think no, he like, can't be, especially yeah. with the second half run. Yeah. J.B. Bickerstaff's been amazing. Um, but I think my three – I mean, this Coach of the Year race this year has been a lot tighter than years past because uh, Mike Brown won it last year unanimously. I don't think that's going to be the case this year at all because um, there's a lot of guys, probably four or five guys that really deserve it. Uh, three, I'm going to go Joe Mazzulla of the Boston Celtics because, yes, he does have probably – not probably. He does have the best roster in basketball uh, at his disposal. But when you're a – what is he, a second-year head coach now yeah, third second, year second, second year head coach i don't care what it takes you i mean you're gonna be in that race second year head coach with one of the best teams in basketball uh some egos to control a lot of money in there and missoula's done a great job all season uh they're one of the best home teams or the best home team in the nba and uh they've looked unbeatable at times so uh they're a real finals contender out there in boston thanks to joe missoula two i have chris finch of the minnesota timberwolves Again, a team that I think the coach of the year race really goes to teams that have been surprises. Um, that's why I think Mike Brown won it last year. Uh, and I, my top two guys, uh, not the biggest surprises, but uh, kind of teams that are contending that weren't last year. So I have Chris Finch at two. And number one, uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think it'll go to Mark Dagonault of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Because, yes, we may not be the biggest Thunder lovers around here, but you can't you know, go out of your way and hate on him. He's been a great coach since he's been there. He has Shea Gildas-Alexander and a great team around him, and he's coached them all to perfection. A very young, young roster that's, what are they? They're the two seed right now in the Western Conference, but uh, them and the Timberwolves both have the same amount of wins. Uh, it's a one, I think it's a half game separation between them right now, so I think he might end up at that one spot sooner rather than later. So I'm going to give it to Mark Dagonault because he's been great all year. Uh, getting Chet Holmgren back into the roster through his injuries, and Shea Gilders Alexander's an MVP candidate. Uh, Josh Giddy and Hall, all of whatever happened with him this season, uh, he's done a great job with Oklahoma City. So that's who I have winning this year. So now, equally, well, there also is Clutch Player of the Year. I don't know if y'all have that. Yeah, I do. I got, uh, I got three. We can all right, Clutch Player of the Year. You go ahead. I want to hear your all right, three. I have Luka Doncic. Luka. 
they call him Luka Magic for a reason. He's hit so many clutch shots all season. Who could forget that buzzer beater he hit last year where he was spinning in circles from the three-point line, throws up a hook shot, and grains it from the three. Just absolute money. Uh, he has been one of the most clutch players in the NBA for years now, whether it be buzzer beaters or just crunch time threes and uh, you know getting the ball to the open guys. Luka's that guy, but I have him at three, two. Shea Gildas-Alexander. Uh, he's been in the running for this award for, yeah. What, could, uh, going to the free throw line? He's, I, he's second. Yeah, he's, he's second. second in odds right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, this no. dude is a joke. <laughs> Shea but I will say, I, even, even being a free throw merch, like, I, I'll say that he's but he, you but know, a little bit of a free throw merch, gets, but, but getting to the line in the clutch is still clutch. But it's like all game, though. It's not like just in the clutch. It's like, oh, I got 12 free throws already. Let me get back to the free throw line another five times. But even then, it's getting getting the ball to your uh, your guys late in the game or hitting those you Let's know little it. mid-range shots uh, at the end of the game. Shea Alexander has been clutched this season. He's the reason that the Tur- or not the Timberwolves, the Thunder are up to 40 wins already. So uh, SGA's too, but I, nobody's touching I think the free one. throw line is the reason they're, uh, they're the uh, – that's what I'd say. It's if, definitely and, one and of the, the reasons. Or the referees, that's, that's what it is. It's definitely one of the reasons. It's a, it's a big reason. It yeah. is the reason, yeah. But uh, number one, it's not really close. Shea Alexander is in the run, but it's not close. It's uh, Wardell, Stephen Curry. Yes. I'm glad you said that. that number yeah, one, I mean, because Steph Curry has been insane in the clutch of the season. He's single-handedly taking away those Steph isn't clutch allegations and throwing them in the garbage because Steph Curry – has been that man this season. Uh, he's the only reason the Warriors have any wins because, I mean, when it comes to clutch time, I, I want Steph Curry on my team. Uh, or Iguodala. Yeah, or Iguodala. I mean, who who would y'all want to hit that open shot with the death being pointed on earth? Uh, Clay Thompson. Yeah, I, I want now Draymond Clay Green. Thompson, now, Clay, not like 2016. Dre, right now, Dre. Yeah. I want Brandon Pazemski. Um, uh, Daquan Cook. Yeah, right. <laughs> we haven't said his name this episode. Yeah. I had to, I had to throw it out there. Yeah. Um, for yeah. me... For me, I'll have Austin Reeves at three. It's not crazy. He's in the running. <laughs> the, the nine seed with, with 25 wins and 37 losses, right? Yeah. I think they're seven and three in the last ten. It's a joke. It's I like hate the a joke. I do too. Um, I but, wish I could like Austin Reeves. But anyways, uh, three, I'll, I'll say, uh, well, I guess I w- if Embiid was still playing, it'd be him. Joe but, uh, but for three, that's valid. He's like outside of it. But for three, give me Halliburton. Um mm. They're, they they kind of avoid the clutch to an extent, but he is really good at, like you said, finding the people for the shot, and then he can also get the shot. Like, So that, that's him at three. Then two, I have Kawhi Leonard. Um, I've seen time after time after time this season him just us be down like six, him come in at the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter and score like eight straight. Literally so, happened in Memphis when so, we were there. You know, that's Literally just, that's what Kawhi Leonard does for every team he's ever been on. Um, and sometimes he can be inconsistent with that, depending on his confidence. But I think we all know number one is Steph. That's just, I mean, he might be one of the most clutch players of all time. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number three uh, is where I have SGA. Um, I think that, you know, part of being clutch is getting to the free throw line late in moments. Um, slows down the clock, obviously. And uh, it's free points, especially when you're as automatic from there as he is. Which you know, when you get calls be. like he does, it's kind of uh, what did Ant say? When you get calls like him, it's kind of hard to it's guard impossible. him. Yeah. It's impossible to guard yeah. him. Yeah. But I mean, I do really think like I, you can be a free throw merchant, but also be clutch in that same because it, either way, any way you look at it, it's still points. Um, so I have SGA at three. Uh, I have Jalen Brunson at two. Actually, I think he is one of the best playmakers in the clutch. 
um, as well as when he gets downhill, he's scoring most of the time, which is crazy for someone as short as he is. But he's either scoring or he's kicking it to an open man. Um, and then not to mention defensively, he's got to be one of the most clutch defenders. Uh, I mean, Jalen Brunson's a, a tough defender, which, again, crazy for his size. But number one is Steph Curry. Uh, no matter who you're a fan of, unless it's the Warriors, obviously, you've seen Steph hit a clutch shot against your team. And you maybe have seen him hit a clutch shot against your team this year, uh, like I have. So Yeah, me too. Steph actually has minus odds to win the award yeah, right now, like which minus is two insane. Or something. Uh, but, so, yeah, I mean, he's the obvious pick, and there's no doubt in my mind he will be by the end of the year. It's still too. Yeah, shout out uh, De'Aaron Fox, who won it last year, and he's yeah. better than everybody we've ever mentioned. So. Uh, moving on to the top two awards, uh, our last two, Defensive Player of the Year. Let's get it going. I think this one this one is really can really go either way. How, what are we thinking for Defensive Player of the Year? Okay, so I will say this. Any other year, if he was not a rookie, it's Wembenyama. Like, dog, he's averaging three and like He's going to win it for two. like the next 45 yeah, years. Yeah. yeah, he's literally about yeah. to five feet. <laughs> like, it's going to be crazy. Um, he'll be like Ben Wallace and Dwight Howard for sure. But um, Better. I'll say at three... Give me um Kawhi Leonard. He's been he's Wait, so been, is Webby not in your top three? He is. Okay. Uh Kawhi Leonard is three for me. Like I just said about him. He's he can guard everything. Uh and then another thing I was looking at, um he and on our team, he's second in defensive net rating. Um, meaning like when you're on the court, this is how much better the team is whenever you're off of it. Uh who do you think is one? For for the Clippers. Uh, James Harden. No, Russell Westbrook. Oh. He is the best defender on the team, but he, you know, he hasn't. You have to have Ooh. more something, something or the other. But you know, it is what it is. Kawhi Leonard, though, he is still the best perimeter defender in the league. I think he's been that. He's probably the best perimeter defender of all time. Um, you know, he. They always say you can't stop Kevin Durant. Um, you can't stop LeBron. Well, he he didn't get a chance to stop KD necessarily, but. Um, he did stop Giannis. He did stop LeBron. So I'm pretty confident he could stop KD. Well, he did play one game against KD against Phoenix. Uh, last year's playoffs, KD did not play great. But nevertheless, uh, Kawhi Leonard, like I said, then number two is Wemby. Um, he's been playing great, as we've already, already talked about him. And then one, I have Rudy Gobert. I mean, I don't really know who else could win it besides maybe Jared Allen. Um, poor Zangus, he's been good on defense. Um, but, yeah. Uh, number three, I have Bam. Uh, I think Bam is one of the most versatile uh, uh, bigs when it comes to defending. Um, I think he's improved a lot this year. I'm not even a big Bam guy normally. Up until this year, I think he's actually taken a step um, and been kind of a, a solid number one option for them in times that Jimmy's been out or hurt. So I, I like Bam at three uh, just because that versatility he brings um, as a big man defender. Runner-up, I have Women Yama. I do agree. I think he probably, if he played about five, six more minutes a game, he'd be number one. I mean, he has better stats than Gobert. It's just a matter of, you know, his his defensive plays aren't equivalating to wins as much as uh, Rudy Gobert's are, and that's who I have at number one. He's averaging a couple blocks and half a steal a game, um, not to mention 12, almost 13 rebounds. Um, so, yeah, I got to give it to Gobert. Voters love, love him anyway, so I'm sure they'll have no problem voting for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, three. I'm gonna run it with Jared Allen. Uh, the one-time All-Star is averaging a block and a steal per game this year. He's been incredible at times when the Cavaliers are missing uh, Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. Jared Allen's been picking up the slack on defense, uh, so he's been great. He's been one of the main reasons that the Cavs have been so good in this late 
uh, last 20-game stretch. So I'll go Jared Allen at three, but it's time to break the mold, people. Uh, I'm going to say screw it. Another hot take. I'm going to have Rudy Gobert at two and Victor Wembanyama at one. I applaud you. It's fine because yeah. that's what it should be. Because it's what it should be. Rudy Gobert is averaging 2.1 blocks per game and I believe under a steal. Uh, so, again, he's a, what, two-time winner of it now? Or maybe three. three. Yeah, three. Rudy Gobert has been incredible throughout his entire career, and he's on the number one team in the Western Conference. Don't get me wrong. Rudy Gobert is amazing at what he does, and that's purely defense. But when you look at Victor Webanyama and what he's doing in 28 minutes of play as a rookie, averaging 3.3 blocks and 1.3 steals per game, both more than Rudy Gobert. He's had more blocks than the last 10 Defensive Player of the Years already and more steals than the last five. As a rookie in 28 minutes, I understand that he's on the worst team in the Western Conference, but that's not his fault. Go look at Devin Vassell. Go look at Jeremy Sohan. Victor Wembanyama is averaging 21 games still. I'm going to give Wemby the benefit of the doubt and put him as my number one for defensive player of the year because he is by far the best defensive player I've seen um, I mean, as a rookie already. So uh, he's been incredible. I'm going to give it to him. Sorry, Rudy Gobert, but you started covid uh, number one, or let's go to our last award, MVP. Another another one that can get pretty spicy, depending on who we have in this top three. Final award, let's get it going. Okay, for me, um, I've been very vocal about my opinion on this. Number three, I have Luka Doncic. Um, they're three. not they're not winning, or they're winning, but they're the eight seed. You're not going to be the the lowest seed MVP ever is Russell Westbrook at six seed. Um, but Luka has the talent. I mean. You know, Kyrie Irving, all that. I mean, regardless with Kyrie before the trades, they sh- in theory, they should be like a top three team in the NBA. You know, Luke is a top three player. So that's just my opinion on that. And then number two, I have Jason Tatum, best player on the best team, uh, top three player in the NBA, in my opinion. Um, he's averaging 27, I think like eight rebounds, something like that. Um, and he he's not like a, a free throw merchant, like I said. He's playing with four other all-stars, averaging 27 points per game. <clears throat> Best team in the NBA, and uh, by by a lot. So, And then number one, obviously, like I said, Jokic. He's, I mean, he's so close to averaging a triple-double. He's the most uh, offensively gifted center we've ever seen. So, I like that. Uh, full disclosure, I think that the MVP of the league right now is Luka Doncic, just because I think that's how crazy of a season he's having statistically. But with that being said, this is award predictions. So I'm going to predict what I think is going to happen. And I don't have Luka in my top three for that reason. Just because with the the Kia MVP ladders that have been coming out this year, like they are just shading Luka um, like crazy. So I don't think Luka – I don't have Luka in my top three just because I don't think that that narrative is, is just randomly going to spin out of nowhere before the end of the year. And with that being said, at number three I have Shea. He's averaging 30, 31. Uh, game this year he's the leader in total points he's the leader in total steals and I think he's the leader in uh, steals per game as well um, OKC leads the league in deflections the, the kind of like gamble defense that they've been running especially out on the perimeter has been working it's kind of inflating his stats a little bit um, but scoring wise he, he's just been a beast um, he does shoot 11 12 free throws a game but you know it is a skill to get to the free throw line. I don't know how sustainable it is. It, he'll get the Trey Young Harden treatment where they just stop calling it eventually. I hope. Um, it happened to James Harden really hard. But um, I do think for this year and for at least for the time being, no one has that figured out yet. 
Um, so you can kind of abuse that and, and get those points. And then on top of that, you know, OKC is great this year, and he's doing it with, you know, not necessarily the best team around him. They do have a great squad uh, that's going to get better, but doing what they're doing with that young of a team is pretty impressive no matter how you put it. So I have Shea at three. Runner-up, I have Jason Tatum, best player on the best team in the NBA, averaging 27, 5, and 8. He's a great playmaker. He's a fantastic defender, one of the most underrated defenders in the NBA as well. A great rebounder. I mean, he really just does it all. He's clutch. Um, and I think he's going to continue to prove that and make a name for himself even more in the playoffs. Um, he's been playing with a chip on his shoulder all year. Uh, people, especially other players in the NBA, even kind of throw him off as being someone that can be a future face of the league. Um, I think if he continues to perform the way he has and maybe even gets a ring this year, that'll uh, change that narrative a lot. But as for the MVP, I think we're looking at Jokic's third MVP. He's averaging a near triple-double at 29-9-12. and 12. He performs at his highest in the biggest games. Him and Jamal Murray are a perfect duo for each other, and the Nuggets are only getting better, and they're slowly creeping back into, at least in my opinion, to being the favorite out west. Real talk. Uh, number three, as much as I hate to say it, it's Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, because, I mean, I think Caden really hit the nail on the head. Getting to the free throw line is a skill. Um, and, I mean, the Thunder are a 40-win team right now, second in the Western Conference, and could be first. Uh, Shea is a great playmaker, great defender, great rebounder, uh, and one of the best scorers in the league. So, um, yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander is great, and he doesn't really miss a whole lot of post shots. So he's very hard to stop once he, uh, once he gets to the lane. Uh, two... I hate to say it, but it's Luka Doncic because I think he is the MVP of the league, and I think there's a real case. I really want to do like a 1A, 1B type thing with uh, Jokic and Luka. Uh, screw it. That's what I'm going to do. I made up my mind. Luka and <laughs> Jokic, 1A, 1B, because I made the case earlier that the Dallas Mavericks can make a Western Conference title run or an NBA Finals run, and they're one of the hottest teams in basketball with all these new trade acquisitions. Luka finally has himself a great bench. Uh, and I think that will bolster Luka's MVP odds once the Mavericks start winning themselves some games because, yes, they're the eight seed right now, but they're one game out of the five. And then, I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten. Who's to say that they can't get up to that four and three range if they keep this pace going? Um, so I think there's a real shot Luka can get up there because he has the best stat sheet in basketball by, I think it's a decent amount. But that's nothing to take away from Nikola Jokic, who's been one of the best players in basketball for the last five, six years now. What did you say he's averaging? Like, what, 29, 9, and 12 right now? Yeah. yeah. That's just absurd. Um, and the Nuggets look to be the favorites once again out of the Western Conference. So uh, nothing to take away from Nikola Jokic because him and Luka are just disgusting at what they do. So, um, and they're going to be teammates at some point. Yeah, uh, because Jokic said – Jokic just looks like a jealous girlfriend whenever he's with Luka. I don't know what it is. They just look like BFFs. They just have that spark. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a spark. They they hug and stuff. That's what foreigners do. Uh, <laughs> that's all we have for you guys this week. Another amazing episode of the Full Court Press Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to WVUA 90.7 FM and the Full Court Press Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on Instagram at fcppodcast underscore UA. See you all next week. Peace. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.